Hello, welcome to the first episode of Model Railroad Talk. I am your host, Gary Bandit, is what I go by. Um, this first episode is going to be, you know, basically the start, um, introduction, kind of tell you what the podcast is about, tell you a little bit about myself, so on and so forth. Um... Mainly, we'll start with, uh, mainly with this podcast is going to be um, for model railroading only. Um, we will discuss all aspects of it um, from, you know, being a new modeler to um, an uh, intermediate modeler to an experienced modeler. Um, this is going to be in very informal um podcast um not really looking for anything major just want to get the you know the the word out more um as far as how uh how great this hobby is as time goes on um i would like to uh hopefully bring on guests um and move forward so for now you get to listen to just me talk so a little bit about myself i've been a like most people i've been an avid model railroader love trains um both prototype and modeling since i was shoot i can't even tell you what age it was when i first got my train set um you know throughout the years uh Oh, been a modeler off and on when I had the opportunity to do it, I would do it. And then, you know, life would happen. I'd a move or something. And then I'd have to either, um, get rid of my layout or it got destroyed in the move or whatever. Um, or I just, you know, wasn't right in my life, you know, at the time when I was younger, you know, I mean, let's face it, who all knows what they want when they're, you know, you know, teenager, let alone early twenties and thirties, you know, really wasn't until I hit my forties before I really started, uh, growing up and figuring out what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> um, uh, my most recent layout, um, not including the one I'm currently, uh, planning, um, was at one of my old houses um, that I've, it's been 11 years since I've lived there. So basically 11 and a half years since I've really done any model railroading. It was a full basement layout. Um, it was roughly, the basement I would say was roughly about 800 square foot, maybe, maybe a thousand, somewhere in that range. But, um, it was, it started out in one room of the basement. And then unfortunately I went through a divorce and maintained the house and, um, and then it just expanded from there. But it originally started as a one room, like I want to, if I remember correctly, 13 by 20 or something like that. And it was around the walls with a center peninsula, <clears throat> continuous loop. Um, but then as I expanded, it went into a, uh, point to point, uh, it was, it was always a continuous run and I, I will get in this other, another time or episode, but <clears throat> I, uh, <clears throat> I, I really like the continuous run, but, um, you know, point to point with continuous run, I guess. But anyways, um, so ended up, uh, because of a job ended up moving 
selling that house and moving um, about an hour away to where I'm currently at now and finally in a position and, you know, with job and life and, you know, the uh, better half the, that keeps me in line, um, you know, I am able to here soon start working on a railroad. But anyways, um, so I uh, started to, um, I've done several things off and on. I, I Currently, I'm a full-time mechanic. I work on semis. Actually, I was a truck driver um, for 17 years. And then I, uh, well, about six years ago, made the switch over to uh, wrenching on them just because I was tired of the trucking lifestyle. So anyways, um, I uh, here actually recently just started my own side business, which happens to be model railroading, selling model railroad stuff, um, which um, I won't lie, um, is actually uh, these episodes for now are going to be sponsored by my model railroad business. But I really don't want to get into talking about my model railroad business because that's not what this is about. I'm not trying to get you to, you know, I mean, yeah, if you visit it from... Um, my ad that I put up throughout the episode, um, you know, great, but, um, I, um, yeah. So anyways, I, uh, I recently, excuse me, recently started that and, um, and so far it's going well. I, I actually, um, I guess side note, um, am an authorized, uh, I got authorized by Digitrax and Katie as, as a dealer, so I, I order directly through them, which helps me pass on the savings to my customers instead of going through a distributor. Um, and I'm working on some other stuff right now. But but yeah, so then I, I here recently was looking at getting into doing YouTube videos. And, um, you know, I, I'm still toying with it and trying it out. I just, I don't have a lot of extra time to sit there and do the... Uh, video editing that everybody wants to see when you go on to YouTube. Not saying I won't do YouTube videos, but they're not going to be anything fancy, just kind of like this right here. I'm I'm not planning on getting you know all techie with uh my podcast. Um you know, maybe someday down the road, yeah, if this, you know, if this happens to blow up and you know, um you know, we start getting more sponsors or whatever yeah I'd, I'd upgrade the audio and stuff like that to be able to and whatever i needed to to make it better for uh having guests on the show and whatnot but <clears throat> right now i just um you know it's just simple i'm doing it on my phone and and see where it goes um i kind of believe in no point in forking over a ton of money if uh um if something's not going to work so on to that, let's get talking about this first episode. So this first episode, I think we'll start out with being, um, you know, if, you, if you're new to the hobby, um, we'll talk about that. And maybe for those of you that, like myself, have, you know, was a model railroader and then you know, uh, whether it was, um, warranted or not warranted, you took the time from, oh, well, that, um, sorry folks, I, uh, 
forgot to turn my notifications off when uh, I started this. But anyways, um, you know, if you took some time off from being in model railroading and you're just getting back into it, um, you know, where do you go? Where do you start? Whatever. So I'll start by start with, you know, if you're new to the hobby, um, do your research, um, you know, and, and that's kind of the same with getting back into it. Um, I, like I stated before, I had a huge model railroad before and, and, and when I moved back in 2012, um, to where I'm currently at, um, you know, I had all my model railroad stuff and, um, well, a majority of it, um, all my track or my trains, my cars, uh, DCC system, buildings, all that stuff, lots of scenery, I mean, material, um, I had all that and I, at that point in time, never thought that I would get back into model railroading and I almost, you know, I, I, I don't know. I was probably a year, year, year and a half in of living where I'm at <clears throat> before I ended up making the mistake of selling it all because, uh, I honestly thought I'd never have the opportunity to get back into it the way I want to be into model railroading which is having a nice permanent layout. Um, no, it's not going to be 100% done. Model railroading, you're never 100% done. You're always changing things or whatever. You know, you, you can change up, get more detailed, change your operating um, system, you know, as far as how you operate and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, for, if you're new, do your research. Because um, I know when I come back in this, I, you know, I'm basically starting from scratch, just like somebody would be starting new. And first of all, the prices of everything in the last 10, 12 years, I cannot believe how more expensive stuff has gotten. You know, some things are, some things have been able to absorb the costs. Um, but, you know, I mean, cars and locomotives, the price of those, the way they are nowadays, I just, it, it boggled me. So if you're, if you're looking at getting in started in this hobby, you know, start looking around and, you know, don't, don't make yourself go bankrupt over it and make sure it's something that you and if, if warranted your family can afford for you to do. Um, it doesn't need to be super expensive, but to get started, you know, you're going to want to start out with, you know, uh, my personal opinion you know, a at least a middle of the road, um, quality wise, uh, you know, locomotive, some rolling stock, you know, whether you go DC or DCC, um, you, you know, at least start out middle of the road. Um, I know from in the past when I was really active in the model railroad community, you know, I'd see beginners come in and, you know, they, they go by the cheap, the cheapest, um, uh, starter set that they could. And, you know, they would, they would go through and do the whole process, set up a four by eight sheet of plywood and, you know, build the bench work and stuff, which was great. But then, you know, they would, they would spend all this time and effort into building the, the base for it. And then they would put these model, these this cheapo set up there. And I'm not cutting that kind of down. Maybe that's all you can afford or they could afford. And and I get that. Um, and no way, like I said, is this cutting anybody down. But, you know, the, 
but I've seen it time and time again where they put it up there and cars wouldn't, you know, either cars or locomotives would derail or, or certain things wouldn't be compatible or, you know, or they would try to expand the track and put switches and stuff in. And, you know, they, uh, you know, they were either told this or, th you know, thought this just from forums and people talking or, you know, um, just because they didn't know they would buy the cheapest turnout or the cheapest, you know, track sections and, and, and then would wonder that they would get basically get frustrated because, you know, they, it wasn't running like these models they see on, you know, in videos and maybe up close and personal. And, and so, you know, that, I guess that would be my first thing for those that are like new, new to the hobby, you know, if you're going to get into it, do your research, um, you know, start out with what you like um, and and try to go at least middle of the road for quality when you're starting out. Because um, if you cheapo, if that's all you can do, the cheap, cheap stuff, then, you know, by all means, I mean, any way into this hobby is better than no way. But I guess or if you if that is where you start, you know have it kind of in a, a background plan to upgrade at some point, which most people do. Um, but like me getting back into it, I mean, I, I, just the cost of everything alone. I mean, I remember you used to be able to buy, you know, I, I used to be able to buy like an Atherin blue box locomotive for 20, 30 bucks, you know, used and brand new 50, 60 bucks. You know, a couple, I, I actually, uh, here a few months ago, I'd ordered um, off of a online um, website, um, and I'm going to try not to name certain things um, in this, but, you know, I, I, I bought a locomotive, and, um, you know, it was an Atherin Blue Box, which I, I know what Atherin Blue Box are. I, I like them because you can go in and you know, if you do the right things to them, which we'll get into later episodes, but you know, you can actually make them run pretty good. You can make them look pretty good, but I mean, for, it was an FP 45. Um, and, uh, and I'm right now I'm kind of focusing on my, my, um, side note, my, you know, like my motive power is going to be like Burlington North, mainly Burlington Northern, and it's going to be Santa Fe. I want to do that pre basically just before the BNSF took over. But so anyways, these are Santa Fe, they're war bonnet, or it's a war bonnet paint scheme, but it was both of these, I ended up buying one and then like a week or two later found another one that matched relatively close and purchased it. But, you know, for, uh, you know, something that old and, you know, that, no, they weren't used, but you can tell that they'd been out of the box a few times when I got them, which is fine. I know what I was buying. But still, I mean, I still spent a hundred and twenty some dollars for two Atherin Blue Box locomotives, and so you know, then I started looking at Cotto and and Atherin Genesis, and and I mean, forget, don't even get me started on Broadway Limited. I mean, I remember used to be able to get into a Broadway Limited, you know, SD forty dash two or something, um, you know, for a couple hundred bucks. Now you're looking. $350-$400. So keep that in mind when you're starting or restarting. Um, you know, and another prime example is track. I remember you used to be able to buy 
three-foot flex, like I, I run Code 83, but a three-foot stick of Atlas Code 83 was, you know, a couple bucks, you know, buck and a half, two bucks a stick. And um, now, I mean, shoot, they're five, six dollars unless you find someone that's selling them in a five or six pack. So keep that aware when you're, whether you're just starting out or, or getting, starting out getting back into it. Because um, I'm not trying to discourage you by no means, but just keep that in mind if, if, if this is the first, this happens to be the first or one of the first things um, that um, you listen to um, and you're getting into this or you're getting back into model railroading, you know, the price, um, make sure you can afford it because I know firsthand, you know, how frustrating it can be. You know, you, you see all these people with these locomotives or these layouts and stuff, but yet, you know, if you're, if you're like me on a, especially now, lim really limited budget because of starting the mo my model railroad business, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I'd love to, there's tons of locomotives and cars and, you know, I have lots of track I have to buy and turnouts and whatnot. And, um, you know, it, it can get frustrating, but don't let that frustration push you away from the hobby. Cause I have actually found other ways to enhance the hobby without necessarily needing those things. Um, you know, and, and that can be on, on its own another, another episode, but you know, as an example, you know, like I, I signed up, you know, I, I got back, started a uh, model railroader subscription again. Um, you know, and I, I pay for the monthly, uh, well, I pay it yearly, but it's, uh, for trains.com, their unlimited, uh, um, access to all their stuff. You know, that's one way to keep your focus up, you know, um, like I've stated, I'm, I'm in the planning stages so, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly writing down or drawing out ideas for my railroad. Um, so that way when time allows and, and money allows, I can, you know, if once I have stuff kind of a plan, I know what steps of this plan I have to take in order to um, reach my end goal. Um, but I don't know. Um, I'm new to this podcasting thing. Um, so I'm assuming, so don't, don't, uh, hit me too hard with this, but I'm assuming there's a way to maybe make comments on this. Um, if not, um, please reach out to me. Um, you can actually reach out to me. Um, um, I've got, uh, it's like a sidetrack email. Um, it's easy model trains at gmail.com. Um, email me if, if, if you don't want to comment or whatever, message me through this, through this, uh, podcast, um, with your ideas, what are your thoughts on, on the cost of everything right now? And, and, you know, are you, and when you do, if you do reach out to me, let me know where you are as far as a model. Are you new, intermediate, you know, experienced, how many years, whatever, you know, what, what, whatever information you would like to leave, um, and just so you're aware, we will never share your uh, your personal information. Um, we may use, if we get an email or, or somebody gets in contact with us or comments or something and we want to share it, we will never use any of your information other than maybe your first name, um, 
and location, you know, as an example, I'm Gary from Davenport, Iowa, you know, um, that would be the most, um, cause we do value your, uh, privacy, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's getting back into it. It is definitely a lot of the aspects of model railroading are the same and there's a lot that is different as well. Um, you know, I mean, just the advancements are good. Like, um, like I just, uh, um, got my DCC system here a couple weeks ago, which obviously I've always, always have been and always will be a Digitrax fan. Um, I know there's NCE people and I know there's MRC and there's several other Digitrax or I'm sorry, uh, DCC systems out there. And I'm not saying Digitrax is better than any of the others. Um, I just happened to like Digitrax. I had Digitrax years ago when I first got in DCC and cause I did my research and actually back then, um, this would have been probably 2004, 2003, 2004. So, you know, 19, 20 years ago, um, is when I got into DCC and that, at at that time, the local hobby shop, Model Railroad shop, they had DCC on their club layout that was in the back of the shop, and they ran NCE. and um, And here's a prime example for those of you that are new. You know, I operated the NCE. I was able to, or somebody else I knew that had the uh, MRC system, and then um, there was also the Digitrack system, and I I was able to mess with that. And for me getting back on track here digitrax was the way for me to go um but uh you know but get back to where i was going with that is you know i i got my digit my digitrax system and of course i went with the uh evolution express um um oh well, let me find the exact number here the uh, yeah the Ev evolution express advanced duplex so basically the only difference between the Evolution Advance and the Evolution Advance duplex is you get the UR93, which is the duplex. Basically, it's the wireless module that you um, you can run wireless. Um, and you get the, you get the um, DT602D, which is a wireless throttle versus the DT602, which is just a standard wired. But... Um, but, you know, I got that, and, I mean, a lot of it's the same, but then I grabbed the throttle for the first time, and now you're looking at color LCD screen compared to back in the day when there was, uh, it was it was just a black and white, or whatever they call that, uh, LCD screen. Um, the utility throttles, the UTs, um, the UT4s, or I think they were back then, um, there, were, there was no screen or anything on them. It was just basically you had four little turn dials and you turned each one for your locomotive address hit a button and you know you locked onto that locomotive and the new ut6s which are the utility throttles the the ut6 and the ut6d they've got the color lcd screen and and some ways they're a lot easier to use i think i mean but i'm used to the old system the old throttles so it's going to take me a little bit to get used to these but you know but then on the flip side the programming's the same um, 
a lot easier to hook up to a computer. I see, you know, now, you know, I'm a Digitrax dealer. I, um, I'm, I'm constantly reading all this stuff. So that way, if I have a customer contact me, I can answer questions properly. But, um, but just some of the stuff I'm seeing, um, using Digitrax as, as an example, there's advancements there that I never thought we would have reached out to. So time has helped, um, but it's also made things a lot more expensive. Um, you know, and, and on top of that, you know, lumber's expensive and everything else, but, um, but I guess that's enough of complaining how expensive stuff is. That's all about the same. So, but no, I'm, uh, currently, um, I'll go ahead and go on to my railroad a little bit. Um, currently I've got one more wall to finish up in our basement. The old lady or girlfriend, um, I don't want to offend anybody. My girlfriend, um, the better half, she, I had to make an agreement with her that, um, before I started my model railroad building any bench work or anything, I had to finish the walls in the basement. Um, she wanted them insulated and, uh, at least finished so it wasn't the foundation walls and um so yeah of course i was yes dear because i want to start building my model railroader or my model railroad and um so i've been working on that for the past week week and a half i've got all but one wall left and that wall i got left to do is only about oh i want to say 12 foot maybe and the problem is, is, um, the other night I ran out of, I'm, I, and I, we're just using, uh, OSB for the, for the walls. We're not using sheetrock or anything cause we're never going to be down there. It's never going to be living quarters, if you will. You know, we're never going to build a, um, like a living room in that space or anything like that. So, um, and we'll just paint it. But, uh, you know, I ran out of, out of my OSB plywood. So, you know, I've got to go pick up, uh, you know, about a half dozen more sheets of that. Um, I got to sit down and kind of, I got to move some stuff before I can actually start on that wall, which I've been in the process of doing, but I need to figure out how much, how many more two buys I need to finish up, you know, framing the wall. Um, of course I got the insulation and stuff already, but, um, but yeah, once I get that done, um, it'll be on to basically going and buying more lumber um, and building, start building framework, um, the base, what I call the base benchwork for my model railroad. I haven't quite decided yet. There's part of me that wants to do um, cookie cutter style, uh, you know, where um, you take... Um, like I would take probably seven sixteenths or half inch OSB, um, and you cut out where your track's going to be, and it's going to you know basically like you like you cook, cut cookies out of dough. You cut your track base out of that, then you lay your uh, lay your roadbed down, and then you lay your track on there. Um, part of me wants to do that. The other part of me, my as in my previous layouts, I've always taken um, build my framework. Um, and then I've taken, um, like two inch foam, pink foam, blue foam, whatever was available. Um, 
and did that. And then from there, I would either, you know, if I built hills or whatever, you know, I would, I, I, that would be like my base layer would be that. And then I would adjust my track height and stuff off of that, you know, and not getting back onto it, but the cost of the, the foam now is expensive to do it that way, at least where I'm, at least in our area. So where I'm really leaning towards the cookie cutter. Um, but I'm also planning on doing, cause mine's going to be basically in the shape of a, a very wide U. Um, the space I got is, um, more or less 11 to 12 foot deep by about 21 foot, 22 foot wide. And then of course in the middle of that, of the basement is a, uh, where our furnace and, uh, water heater and all that. Of course, you know, whoever designed the houses back when this house was built, um, yeah, they put it, plopped it right in the middle, right when you walk down the basement. So it's fun getting big pieces of plywood and stuff like that, you know, in and out of the basement. But so I've got a wall built around that. So that for all intents purposes, where the layout's going to go, it's, it will all be walled in, but um, that kind of impedes in the middle there a little bit. So, but I, I've been asked, why do you want to double deck? Well, I would like to double deck. Um, or I should say, I'm thinking about double decking. And a lot of people ask me why, because, you know, it's a pain for the transitions and stuff. And I get that. Um, I really get that because I'm going through the planning stages, trying to figure out how I want, if I double deck, um, how am I going to get my trains from the bottom level to the next level? But my main reasoning, if I decide to go that route, is so I can get a longer main mainline run, um, a little more distance in between um, one end to the other, even though technically, um, you know, in a sense, the east and west yard will be above each other. But instead of just going around the walls, you know, you know, 15, 20 foot away where you can see it, you'll actually have to go around the turn and climb, come back, you know, um, that's my main reasoning. Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to do a helix or not, or if I'm just going to have it be kind of like climb the out, climb up against the backdrop and hide it. And, you know, with only a few spots it's showing, I don't know yet. Um, it will be a point to point railroad, um, that will have a continuous loop for show basically. And, you know, I, I won't lie. There's times I like to put a train or two on and just let it run around and rail fan my own railroad. Just like, uh, I don't know if any, it, many of you, uh, do YouTube videos, like watch YouTube, but, um, Steve Brown with It's My Railroad, you know, I mean, that's a good YouTube channel to watch. Very informative. It's uh, like he says, he's just a normal guy doing model railroad stuff, you know. Um, but like he said, and I, I agree with him, and I've always been like this, you know, rail fan in your own railroad. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's, I feel, the best way for you, uh, anybody to build the railroad the way they like it. You have to be able to sit back and watch it 
okay, what do I need? What do I need to do? Should I change this? Should I add this? Should I take this away? You know? Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's where I'm at kind of with the railroad. I'm like I said, I'm in the planning stages. Um, so, you know, what do you guys think? Um, what's your ideas and thoughts on, um, double decking a model railroad? And if, if, you know, if, if you do double deck, you know, do you go helix? Do you, um, if you do helix, what's minimus, minimum turn radius? Um, if not, if you do like an around the walls climb to be able to get to that second level, you know, what's, what's a suitable grade, um, for that short of a run, you know, I mean, in, in actuality with my sizes, if I do that, I've only got probably about 15, 18 foot to be able to rise up. I'm planning on doing 18 inches, 16 to 18 inches in between each deck. So my bottom deck will be anywhere from 18 to 24 deep, depending on where it's at. And, but my top deck is only going to be, you know, maybe eight to 12 inches deep. And I'm planning on doing 16 to 18 inches in between. So what's a suitable grade, you know? And uh, so I'd, I'd like to know what y'all think. I mean, if, if, like I said, if you would either comment on here, um, I, and like I said, I'm new to this, especially with this, uh, system, um, you know, or email me easy model trains at gmail.com. What do you think? Um, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I'd love to, I'd love to hear, help me plan this. Um, if I go helix, you know, I'm only planning on running diesel. I mean, I, I do have a steam locomotive. Uh, it's a Broadway limited four, eight, four, um, which isn't, that would be run. It wouldn't be a normal everyday operation. That would be for show if people showed up, you know, and I want to just let it run. Um, so what's a what's a suitable um uh radius, minimum radius? Um because if I double deck um and I want continuous run, I'm I've decided I'm gonna have uh the the um helix is gonna be a double track. It's gonna have to be. Um it's going to be a single track main line, but I'm going to have to double track the helix in order for it to, because I don't want to get into doing reverse loops and switches and stuff like that, um, automation. But, um, you know, so if I, if, if really my biggest steam locomotive is going to be a 484, um, yeah, I'm running FP45s right now. The biggest diesel locomotive I can see myself running down the road is, is, you know, an AC44 or, you know, an SD 75 or something like that, you know, um, just six axle diesels, you know, is, is a 24 inch inside. Um, yeah. And when I say inside, I'm talking like on the helix, you know, since the helix will be double tracked, you know, which would give us about a 26 to 27 outside, you know, is, is 24, 24 inch. You guys think, all right, for inside a helix, um, to be able to run, you know, because in the helix, it will be covered for the most part. You'll be able to, there'll be access in the middle. But, um, and I may have on the outside, you know, little spots where I'll have it opened up and scenic so people can watch it go around. But in, in reality is, I mean, why wouldn't 24 inches work for a minimum? Um, or 
if you if you have a better idea, you know, if we're like uh, around the walls climbing, you know, that 18 inches or, you know, in a sense, it'll be it'll be 18 inches from the top of the bottom deck to the framework of the of the upper deck. So, I mean, in, in reality, it's going to be eight, let's say I go 18, let's just say I go 16 inches. I'm I'm looking at a minimum of 21, 22 inch um, between the top of the bottom deck and getting to the, the top of the second deck, you know, and I, uh, you know, just based off of loose calculations and loose measurements, you know, I've only got about a 20 foot run to be able to go that high and not even that because I have my easements and curves. So I'm, I'm probably looking at 16, 18 foot to be able to go that fast. You know, is that going to be a suitable, um, incline. So I'd love to hear what you guys have to think about this. Um, I'm going to shorten or, or I'm going to basically end this here pretty quick because I've been rambling on. Um, so that way, uh, I can work on getting this thing published and whatnot, but yeah, please reach out. Um, I would love to know, um, you know, reach out with your ideas for the railroad, um, you know, help me figure out, you know, um, whoever reaches me first, um, whoever gives me an idea for an idea for the next episode, um, I'll talk about it. Sure. Um, so let's, let's, let's do that. Yeah. Either reach out through the app here, um, through whatever you're listening to this on, or, um, like I said, you can email us directly easy model trains at gmail.com. We will not sell your information we won't and like i said your personal info will only at most if you and and if you specifically say in your communication that you don't want us to use your name at all we won't um or if you only want us to use your name and not like say your city and state or anything just just let us know and that's what we'll do um but give us ideas for episodes um what do you guys want to hear what do you want to as far as model railroading um what would you like to see from this? Um, and you know, by all means, yeah, help me out. Um, if I get, uh, if I get decent amount of input on this, as far as like, you know, doing the helix and stuff like that on my model railroad, I'll be asking for you guys's input. Um, I may actually take what I was kind of doing with YouTube and directing that more towards, okay, Hey, you know, we'll do video, uh, you know, YouTube videos based off of this, uh, this podcast, you know, and maybe that'll be, uh, a perk or something. I don't know. Um, and, and if, if, if I use somebody's idea, you know, I'll video it and post it on YouTube and you guys can see what somebody had suggested. And, you know, so, um, so now I got to do the advertisement thing. So, um, this, this episode, um, is sponsored by Easy Model Trains, your one-stop model railroad only train shop. Uh, Easy Model Trains is uh, an authorized Digitrax and KD dealer. You can visit them at www.easymodeltrains.com or you can reach out to them also uh, at sales at easymodeltrains.com. All right, folks, um, thanks for listening. Um, like I said, please 
you know, reply back and, and uh, or, or not reply back, but respond, uh, however you guys feel. Would love your input. Um, let me know. Let me know how I can make this podcast better for you. So um, I hope you all have a good day. And um, thank you for listening to this first podcast and look forward to making more. Y'all be safe.